Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, October 2nd, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Grace Aki. Grace, you are coming to us from high above the theater district. Uh, I'm assuming it's high above. I actually don't know what floor you're on because you are just wrapping up your day at the Broadway Flea Market and Grand Auction. We are going to talk about something very special that you got, and I don't know what it is yet, later in the episode. But for everybody who went to Broadway Flea, I hope you had a great time. I hope you found some great little treasures and knickknacks. As people in our Patreon know, uh, James, Peter, and Michael recorded this week on Broadway on Saturday, and it went out to Patreon subscribers early because, of course, they always head down to Flea. So you were able to hear that a little bit before everybody else if you are in that Patreon tier. So hopefully you enjoyed all of that. If you would like to hear all of our stuff coming up in Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash Patreon. Our first Patreon exclusive episode of October is going to be somebody who was intimately involved in one of my favorite TV shows that might be having its season three finale this week. So just put a pin in that. Uh, that should be happening in the podcast feed over on Patreon at the Mezzanine and Above Tiers next weekend. All right, Grace, speaking of TV and film-related things, last week we got two little bits of news, not major news, but still somewhat exciting news, about theater happening on film. The first is that the recent UK tour of the musical Titanic will be playing in U.S. cinemas later this year. In fact, it's next month. Thanks to Fathom Events, Titanic, the musical, will have two screenings, one on November 4th, one on November 8th. Tickets will go on sale this coming Wednesday, October 6th. Check your local theaters where those will be playing in your area and how much they will be. The tour actually has been kind of going around for for 10 years and has been playing all across the the U, the UK it debuted at the Southwark Playhouse and played all across the the UK I believe it even might have uh, headed over to Canada at one point as well and it wrapped up its run on July 29th of this year this is in no way related to the Titanic that's coming to city center but Lots of Titanic stuff going on. And Grace, as we've talked about, a lot of recent City Center stuff have come to Broadway. And there has certainly been a clamoring for a Titanic revival on Broadway. And uh, you've got Titanic doing really good business off Broadway. That could be some some corporate synergy. I know that you marketing folks really like to make those collaborations happen. So who knows? Maybe a Titanic <laughs> off Broadway, Titanic on Broadway thing would be uh, would be good for everybody. Listen, people love collaborations, but I don't think that collaborations between shows, unless it's the same producer ever really happen, I don't think that The Great Gatsby and The Great Gatsby want to be on <laughs> on uh, Broadway at the same time. Um, no, but I, it's so interesting you say that. Exactly four of us have been excited about Titanic potentially coming back to Broadway. Um, <laughs> more and than us four. four. Okay, okay, probably more than four. Um, but I think that one of those people is talking right now. So I like I am obsessed with the idea of Titanic coming and when I got this news that Titanic the musical was going to be shown through Fathom Events in the US and of course across the UK for that tour, I'm really eager to see it. So I can't wait to talk about those movie listing times whenever we're able to get those through Fathom Events, but um yeah, I think that there's a lot of interest. This is kind of a timeless piece but also like what a phenomenal musical it is. Like Mary Easton's work like continues to move people. Like I I think that this, I mean, this topic is kind of, like everyone knows Titanic when you 
when you say Titanic, people go 1912, April, it was horrible. But I think that with the musical, people are often surprised if they're not already familiar with it, with how beautiful it is. Um, and it's just, it's such a great piece that of course I want everyone to see it. So yeah, I can't wait to watch this when it's in theaters. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, we have another musical that was filmed coming to Fathom Events later this year as well. Just a month after Titanic, we have Waitress, the musical. Those tickets are still not on sale either, but that'll be happening between December 7th and December 11th of this year. So get those Fathom Event points in. I don't know if they have like a, a, a loyalty thing or not, but I usually go see them at AMC. So my AMC stubs gets those uh, the credit for those points. I will definitely be checking both of those out in theaters later this year. The other theatrically filmed thing that uh, came to light recently was now that it is closed on Broadway, we now know that one of the new titles that has been entered into the New York Public Library's film and tape archive over at Lincoln Center is The Phantom of the Opera with the original cast. Now, if you know about the theater on film and tape archive, you know that like these things aren't generally open to just anybody. You have to have some sort of academic or journalistic or professional purpose to be able to get into the screening rooms to watch these. But if you have some way and you want to see the original cast with Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman, you now are able to do that at Lincoln Center. Some other things that have recently been added as well. Kiss of the Spider Woman, Dream Girls, A Chorus Line, Natasha Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812, In the Heights, the most recent Broadway revival of Company from just a few years ago, the most recent Broadway revival of Carousel, which, skip it, you don't need to see it, but it's it's very cool. You have to have a library card, you have to have some sort of reason to, to, to see it, but it is on a first-come, first-served basis. You have to make an appointment ahead of time, all of those things. So they have a really great article, again, by, by Meg uh, Masseron over at Playbill, kind of talking about what you have to do to get in there. So if you want to see it, if you are a phantom fanatic, or is it a, a fanatic with a PH, and you want to see Michael Crawford and Sarah Brightman do the thing, you now have an opportunity to do it over at the New York Public Library. So very fun. Grace, have you ever done any of those things? Have you ever gone over to the film and tape archive and and watched something? No, it scares me, but I know it's very easy. Like uh, the thing is, is that most people just have to have a library card in order to do it and you just get one opportunity to watch it. So you have to make sure that that one time is going to be, you know, the time and worth it. Um, You can't do like multiple visits for multiple shows. If you have like a favorite, you can't just like keep coming back (laughs) and watching it. So yeah, I've never done it, but I know that it's, it's quite simple. So you should. Why does it scare you? Oh, things that make me happy intimidate me. Do you know this now? I, I don't I don't think so, but please elaborate. This yeah. is like nobody's listening. It's just you, me. We're on a couch <laughs> in a th- therapist's office. Please tell us why. I, I think, well, I think it's like an anxiety thing, but um, like I, I, I was so scared to buy tickets, which is why I didn't ever purchase tickets myself to see Mr. Saturday Night because I thought... I'm too, I'm too scared of how excited I might be by this to see Billy Crystal on Broadway. Like it won't live up? No, no. It just scares me to do something that makes me happy. <laughs> Isn't that depressing? Grace. Yeah, Grace. Yeah. Let's, let's look into that. Let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> oh, you're telling uh, me I'm mentally ill? Um, sorry, no. everyone. Happy Monday. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth. Um, Anyway, okay. So moving on from me telling my friend and co-host that she's mentally ill, apparently. um, One of the things that has been kind of confusing me uh, about 
theater and Broadway recently, and you've heard me talk about it, is what is actually going on with James Monroe Iglehart and A Wonderful World and Spamalot. I don't have an answer, but on Sunday, they began the pre-Broadway engagements for A Wonderful World. It is going to run in New Orleans from today as we're recording, Sunday, October 1st through the 8th. Then it's going to go up to Chicago, where it's going to play October 12th through the 29th. The thing is, we start Spamalot performances on October 31st, two days after the end of the Chicago run. I still have not been able to find anybody to be able to tell me is James just coming in to previews cold without any rehearsal? That seems, un, you know, or just a couple days of rehearsal. I don't know. Is he going to bounce out of the last week of the Chicago run? I, I, I don't know. But A Wonderful World is in its pre-Broadway performances now through the rest of October, pretty much. And we haven't heard anything from Spamalot that anything is changing. So we will see what happens on that. Grace, have you heard any details about what his plan is? Because it seems like with t- these two big projects, they would have at least kind of put a little bit of clarity on it, don't you think? I feel like if there was kind of like they just announced Lancelot, if there were two people playing any of these roles that was worth noting, they would have disclosed that already. And it seems like they've they've done what they needed to do and we're just going to go and see him in both shows. Like, I don't think that there's anything, there's nothing new that I've heard of. Yeah. So I, I do wonder if maybe he, because they just did the show in DC, like I wonder if, Maybe he just comes in, doesn't do the last weekend in Chicago, does a ton of of rehearsals. Maybe, you know, he comes in on off days and and flies in on off days and does rehearsals. But it does seem weird that he's going to be out of town during the whole traditional month of, of rehearsals before a show begins performances on Broadway. But either way. Uh, Let's get into the rest of this week's theatrical schedule, and we will start on Tuesday night when we have our next Broadway opening, and that will happen over at the Samuel J. Friedman Theater, where Yaya's African Hair Braiding will officially open from Manhattan Theater Club. This is the new play written by Jocelyn Bio and directed by Whitney White. I've heard really, really great things about this show from people who have seen it. I will definitely be looking forward to seeing the reviews on this. As we mentioned last week, it has recently extended its run it'll now play through november 5th i think there might be room for another extension with prayer for the french republic still having about five six weeks before it begins performances on broadway so maybe another extension in there but if not you do still have a little over a month to check this new one out then on wednesday we have an opening off broadway and this is a collaboration between uh, the new york theater workshop and the roundabout theater company This is The Refuge Plays, and it is by Nathan Allen Davis and directed by Patricia McGregor. It is currently set to run through November 12th. The plot description reads thusly, Late at night, deep in the woods of southern Illinois, a ghost tells Gail she will die within the next 24 hours. So begins The Refuge Plays, an epic tale that follows one black family over 70 years. As I said, it's going to run through November 12th. It is actually being done not at... New York Theater Workshops Theater. It is at the Laura Pell's Theater, which is Roundabout's Off-Broadway home. So if you want more information about that, check that out. Another Roundabout show that has something coming up this week, Grace, is the new play Covenant, which will begin performances Off-Broadway on October 5th. This one is in their smaller black box theater. It is by York Walker and directed by Tiffany Nicole Green. 
Oh, this is right up your alley, Grace. When a struggling guitarist returns to his small Georgia town, a blues star, rumors begin swirling that he may have made a deal with the devil to attain his musical genius. Before long, however, it becomes clear he's not the only one with a secret, a mythic and suspenseful new play that delivers one devilish twist after another. York Walker's Covenant explores the power of belief and the thin line between rumor and truth. Grace, growing up in Georgia, around a lot of musicians. And the devil. I was going to say, did you know anybody who might have sold their soul to the devil? Oh, yeah, they all failed, but I I sure as shit do. Um, no, I, when I when I saw this plot description, I got really excited. I'm highly interested in it. I'm intrigued and I'm very curious in like the I'm interested in the possibility of religious tension here. I'm interested in the possibility of something kind of like ethereal or otherworldly uh with the with the devil presence if he's actually personified or not hell i just saw rachel bloom's show death let me do my show and death was personified so i'm curious and i'm really excited by all of those things because they hit my continued mental illness weak points so um can't wait uh so what is it with is it is this all charlie daniels's fault i mean what isn't that's a good point a whole other thing good spooky season show nonetheless but all right um opening on thursday night from the wp theater is the new play bite me by alania pipes and directed by rebecca martinez it is currently scheduled to run through october 22nd nathan is ditching class when he stumbles on melody crying in a storage closet he's a white boy with family money and dangerous habits she's the lone black girl on campus excelling academically and grappling with isolation bite me is a dark comedy that explores the drama and trauma of surviving high school as nathan and melody find themselves tangled in an unexpected bond They'll spend a lifetime unraveling. Sounds good. Because it's spooky season and I I saw the title bite me, I thought this had something to do with Dracula. It apparently does not. The final show that I'm going to talk about this week officially begins previews on Friday, October 6th. It is the play Stereophonic, written by David Ed Jimmy and directed by Daniel Alkin with songs by Will Butler. The show is currently scheduled to run through November 19th with a really great cast, including Will Brill, Andrew R. Butler, Juliana Canfield, and others. I know I just saw Will Brill in Uncle Vanya. Grace, you and I have talked about how much we both love Andrew R. Butler. Uh, So really, really great one. This one is about a band recording an album in a studio in the mid-1960s, just on the cusp of stardom. So very, very excited about this. Will Butler, who I said wrote the songs, is one of the members of the band Arcade Fire, which I've even heard of them. I don't know any of the songs, but I know they're they're a thing, Grace. Yeah, Arcade Fire. Every time I close my eyes, lies, lies. Rebellion. You don't know this? They were on SNL, Matt. Maybe if you <laughs> sing it for me, I'll know it. Why don't you sing it for me, Grace? <laughs> I, I got to tell you, if you know that song, that was actually a pretty spot on impression. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Real quick, some some just real quick news that I want to hit. A really cool cast has been announced for a Los Angeles concert performance of Mac and Mabel. It is going to star Dermot Mulroney and Jenna Lee Rosen as the title characters with Beth Level in the show as well. So that's very exciting. It's going to happen at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood, February 16th, 17th, and 18th of next year. And then um, on his social media over the weekend, Miguel Cervantes announced that he will play his final performance as Alexander Hamilton in Hamilton on Broadway on January 7th. He has been with the show 
For quite a while, he was the original Hamilton in the Chicago production in 2016. Then he took over on Broadway right before the pandemic in 2020. And then he obviously reopened it in September of 2021 and has been with the show since then. So congratulations to him on an incredible run. And then, Grace, I have two real quick feel-good recommendations before we get into your flea story. There are highlights from the untitled, unauthorized Hunter S. Thompson musical with music and lyrics by Joe Iconis and a book by Iconis and George S. Moss that is currently playing at the La Jolla Playhouse. So check those out. And then there was a nice piece about Merrily We Roll Along with all of the stars on CBS Sunday mornings. We will have that as well in the show notes if you want to watch both of those. Now, Grace, we know you love the flea. We know you love a tchotchke. What did you find this year at Broadway Flea Market? So I I got a, a couple of small things. I did my first round and I got a 700 Sundays by Billy Crystal magnet that I didn't already have. And then I got a bright green water bottle that was sticking out like a sore thumb um, at one of the tables. And it said big, bright, beautiful world. And I was like, that's, that's a Shrek water bottle that I have to have. So those two things left. And I mean, honestly, there was so much crazy good stuff. Um, we donated some stuff from company, some maker's mark glasses, Plaza suite opening night, um, champagne flutes, lots of good uh, glassware, but there were, I mean, tons of playbills. Um, and then I did my return trip at like four o'clock when everybody's like trying to you know get rid of everything and came across someone absolutely hawking some gorgeous old posters. And if you know me, I love vintage stuff and I don't need another poster. I actually cannot, I don't have enough wall space for all the framed and unframed ones, but I thought, why not have one more? Um, because um, there was one that they were showing and it was, first of all, gorgeous. It was Sugar Babies with Mickey Rooney and Ann Miller um, mm-hmm. from the original with artwork by Hillary Knight and the artwork on, and I only say that because Hillary Knight's one of my favorite illustrators probably of all time. If not, he is my favorite. He's he's still alive, living in upstate New York, um, but he did all of the Eloise books. His illustrations are so beautiful. There's actually an amazing um, documentary on him that was featured on Max for a time. So check that out. But it's an original poster that he did the illustrations for from 1979 or 74 with sugar on it still in insane condition. Um, There were only so many of these made where there was real sugar on the Sugar Babies poster and it is stunning and it will be hanging in my home. And I had to contribute to BZFA for that because normally they're like $2,000, they're $400. They were not that, thank goodness. So I got a really, really inexpensive find for, for what it was. I was thrilled. So yeah, good stuff. Very nice. Very nice. I saw someone had picked through the frozen photos before you got there, right? Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm literally looking at the Disney theatrical and Disney theatricals, Tom Schumacher, if you are listening to this and Cor, if you're listening to this, I need this. So there was a giant pile of like the Lion King, all these other in like tour and, and frozen on Broadway, frozen on tour giant photographs that were all selling for like a hundred dollars. And I, it was like glimpsed out of my eyeball of Olaf of F Michael Haney. And I scrimped. And then as soon as I'm doing this, there's someone purchasing. And then they also bought the one of Caroline Bowman and Jeremy Morse and Austin Colby um, that was right behind it. Um, They were like, no, no, no. I love, I love Frozen. I love Torn. I was like, okay, I really want it. 
<laughs> so if anyone has um, in the future, or if there are any more from, from those outdoor placards or anything like that, I would really love it because I never got to, and they, they sure as hell have never seen those. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I would imagine F is not super sentimental with those types of things. Yeah. Well, when I made the call today that it was not in my hands anymore, they were sad, but you're right. I mean, I have, I have all, you know, we've got, you know, there was a Jasper and Deadland sweatshirt that I said, do you want this? You know, they're on the album, all this stuff. It was just, it was just funny because sometimes you kind of, and today was the first time I ever saw something at Flea that I was a part of the, there were some Carolina change albums there. And so I was like, oh my gosh, my name is in that album. That's so cool. Thank you, Broadway Records. But yeah, so it's it was a wild time for sure. Well, awesome. I hope that everybody found things as wonderful and unique as you did, Grace. And hopefully if they saw something they really wanted, they grabbed it before some other jerk took it and bought it that so they couldn't. So Anyway, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can follow me pretty much anywhere at BWW. Matt, Grace, what about you? You can follow me at It's Grace Aki. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday, a wonderful week, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.